0: the praise hallelujah hallelujah come on I don't think he's done just yet there's somebody needs a breakthrough right now come on open your mouth and praise him open your mouth and ask for it in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah come on there's a shaking that's happening right now Jesus 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 God, I thank you. God, I thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you right now just raise your hand, thank him. Thank him that you're on his mind. God, I thank you right now that you are thinking of me. God you are seeing the needs that I have. You are seeing the direction that I need to take and God, I believe you right now that your perfect will would be done in this service. Uh, that your perfect will would be done in everybody's life. Uh, God that we are going to leave this place changed. We're going to leave this place restored. We're going to leave this place renewed. We're going to leave this place in victory. Come on, what the devil has said is a lie. Mm, 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 mm. I may be down, but I'm not out. Don't rejoice over me, at enemy, because I'm going to come out of this thing victorious. In Jesus' name. I'm grateful for the presence I feel in this place. Because I'm going to preach a message that I, I, I don't want to, I just don't want to preach a little feel good message. But I think it's time that, that we stir up the gift that's within us i may i i I may get a little rough and i may step on some toes but but i believe now is the time for this church Uh, i believe now is the time for you as an individual to take your place in the kingdom of god and take your place of authority over every devil that has been trying to render you useless Uh, but i believe now is the time for revival for true tabernacle and now is a time of growth but we got to start with ourselves Uh, if there's going to be a change it's got to start with me first Uh, i can't be looking at the person across the pew and say when are they going to get their act together I got to look at that man in the mirror every day and say when are you going to get your act together and when are you going to start stirring up the gift and when are you going to get a hold of God Psalms 34 or 37 I'm sorry verse number 4 David says to delight thyself also in the Lord delight yourself in God the problem is we've been delighting ourselves in a lot of different things we are getting too caught up in delighting ourselves in entertainment we're getting too caught up in delighting ourselves in the world and delighting ourselves in the things that gives us the quick thrill that gives us the quick GBGB's right now but God is saying we need to delight ourselves in him and he shall give what the what Desires. Did you hear me desires? He's not just saying I'm going to give you one shot. You got one thing you better choose wisely. But he's saying I will give you the desires of your heart. That means that once I get this one desire taken care of, there's more. There's more. In fact, I called this message because there's more. You know why your pastor goes to a golden corral and I go through that buffet one time and you know why I go back? Because there's more. Because I can only fit so much on my plate, baby. If you were at the high old Christmas party last night, oh my word, I went one time around and I went back a second time to see exactly what I wanted because it was literally a smorgasbord of whatever you want. So after I went one time, I sat with, with my baby and I said, you know what, I am so stuffed, but I'm going to go back up there one more time. I don't know what I want. I don't know if I want more food. I don't know if I want to go to the dessert place and the desserts were even, even worse. But we go back, why? Because there's more. We go to the Chinese buffet, you go one time and you say, well, I, don't, I, I didn't have room for, for the coconut shrimp. So I'm going to go back there. Why? Because there's more. We've experienced a tremendous touch of God already. I feel a Holy Ghost anointing that is falling on this place. I feel a Holy Ghost anointing that has already started in this place. But I know that's not it because with God, there's always more. Just when I think I know everything about God, I don't know anything. Why? Because there's more. And just when I think God has done and he's blessed me tremendously, I I stand here a blessed man. You will hear me say until Jesus comes back, I am a blessed man. God has done so much for me personally. He's done so much for my family. But just when I say I can't be blessed anymore, God does what? He gives me. Because we serve a loving God Because we serve a giving God And I believe he's looking at this church At this time and saying There's more I want to do through you There's more I want to do to you But we have to allow that to happen Why? Because sister Sandy There's more that God wants to do to you There's more that God wants to do through you He's not done with you yet Uh, And if you're within the sound of my voice uh, I want you to know that God's not done with you yet Uh, He's only just starting uh, He's only just starting to bless you He's only just starting to use you. Your finger's bleeding yet? You can go sit down. (laughs) You may be seated. I am so grateful. Very, very, very grateful for this church and what God is doing uh, in this church. I want to give honor to everybody. I want to say thank you to all the young people. And I'm saying the, the 36 and younger's. I still feel I'm young too. So I got I to gotta be specific with who I'm talking about. But these young people have given so much of their time and so much of their energy and talents to this church. There's a lot going on when we don't even know what's, what, what's, what's taking place. And I want to give honor to these young people for their, for their love for this church and for their love of the ministry of this church and everything that they do. So young people, you know who you are. I love you and thank you for what you're doing in this church. In fact, when we come back for the Christmas dinner, it's because of these young people. It's because of their strength. Listen, church, I'm like a steam locomotive now. It takes me a while to get started, Brother Wilson. But there's only so much steam in the boiler. And once the steam's gone, I'm pretty well done. I'm, 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 I'm feeling that above 55 age right now. I want to go and go and go and go. But there's only so much steam in this boiler anymore. So I'm very thankful because I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to be there for everything. But these young people, they have the energy that I don't anymore. I can't worship like a young person. I'll worship as hard as I can. Brother Warren, I'll give it all that I have. But these young people can worship. They have the energy. They have the legs. They got the power they, they can do it. But that does not stop me from worshiping the God in my way. I may not be able to run as fast as they can. I may not be able to shout as loud as they can. But I'm going to do it the best I can. Let me tell you this. God will bless you the way that you, if you give 100% in your way. Sister M, I don't know. You may be able to keep up with me. I'm not sure. But if not, God will bless you for your worship. When you give it 100% of, I don't know why I'm going this way, but when you give 100% from your heart, God will honor that. So if you can't run around 10 times and you can only run around one time, God will honor that. And if you can't give a Holy Ghost bounce and all you give is a Holy Ghost clap, God will honor that. But God will not honor it if you don't give it to him. If you sit there silent, he will not honor that. If you just sit there not moving, he will not honor that. It's up to you to give honor to your God. It's up to you. But he will bless what you give. All right. That was sermon one. Back to our locally scheduled program. <laughs> you know, a desire. Desire that's a longing for more. When I, when I taste my baby's cooking, I always say, you know, I need some more of that. Because that's just a little is not enough. But a desire is a longing for more. If God gives us desires, that means there's more. If he's given you a desire for the ministry that's good because there is more there's more for this church that we can be doing that you could be doing personally well I didn't go over very well I don't want a clean pastor and I don't want to I don't want to do this I listen thank you to everybody that does anything for this church when you come through these doors if there's a piece of trash on the ground and you pick that up thank you thank you because the way the church looks, that's a ministry. I don't want visitors to come into a filthy church. First impressions. First impressions. But there's a desire, and I believe God is wanting to give us the desires of our heart. And there's one, hold on, man. <sighs> I'm sorry. The customers calling me on a Sunday, can you believe it? Oh, I'm sorry. There's one word that has started and that just really gets on my nerves. Maybe your children have said this in an argument. Maybe when you're trying to speak to one of your fellow workers at work, but there's one thing I should should have answered that and just kept on preaching, really freak them out. (laughs) Who did I call? But there's one word that bothers me. When you're talking to somebody and they give a, well, whatever. You ever been told that you're trying, to, you're, you're trying to get on to somebody and they give you this, yeah, whatever. You're trying to tell them something and they just blow you off with a, what, whatever. That word, burp, it, oh, gets on my baby. She's trying to find out things that upset me. And I'm trying to tell her, there's not too much that does upset me. But there is a few things that will upset me. If I'm talking to you and I'm trying to tell you to do something, and I'm trying to correct you, and you say to me, oh, whatever. Oh, it's on. It is on. Woo, whatever. Whatever. When I ask people, what, what do you want, what do you desire? Oh, Whatever. Ask people to choose between two opinions. Oh, whatever. Oh, that just, it bothers me. Because of whatever generation is taking place right now in our country, all across this world. Whatever. Whatever. Because we live in a society where people have lost their passion. For truth. People have lost it. People don't want to hear the truth anymore. We want to sugarcoat it. We want to soften it. When we talk about sin, they don't want to hear about sin. Let's sugarcoat that. We don't want to, oh, we might hurt their feelings, so we don't want to talk about, oh, oh, we, pastor, you can't say that. But it's sin. How can I make it more plain? God hates sin. Hmm. the world's feeling right now for God is, ah, whatever. It's true. We live in a society. When we talk about church, and we talk about God, I hear, no, whatever. Hudson Taylor said these words, talking about society. The problem is, most of us forget to ask God to fill us with a fervent spirit to serve him. Then years later, we wake up and realize we had our life. We made our choices, our safe choices. But somehow we missed the richness of following God down in our uncharted path. That got me. We woke up and realized we had life. I don't want to wake up 20 years from now and man, I wish I would have done that differently. They were showing videos during our Ohio Christmas. I'm thankful. As I talk about young people, I'm thankful that the younger generation has taken over the Ohio Christmas. We let them plan it. We let them do all, every, figure everything out. And it was tremendous. But one thing they did differently while the whole Christmas party was going on, they were playing videos from 30 years ago. Things I long forgot about, Brother Wilson. And I was there. I forgot about that. We saw videos in my dad's basement. And I saw my dad again with that smile and that that laughter that that he had. I saw that. And it brought back a flood of memories. We had a puppet show that we did. Dad built a bar, a a full-size bar in the basement. And, And we did a puppet show for the kids right behind the bar. I forgot all about that. And then it happened, church. While I was watching that, I was on the screen, 30 years younger, with a full top head of hair, dark black hair, Sister Gloria, dark hair. I said, hey, who's that guy? Look how skinny he is. He walked by. There was no glare from what's happening up here now. But it made me realize 30 years has passed just like that. But people are losing their passion for the kingdom. And that got me. We wake up and we realized we've had our life. Church, I am here to stir some things up within your soul. I sat in my hotel room Thursday night and I I told Sister Hile, I I don't, I got a, while we were here Wednesday night, I had a message. I wrote it down. I, I, I took one of those PIM cards and I took the back and I started writing things that God was giving me. But while I was at the hotel Thursday night, I had a realization that we are in the beginning of revival for this church. And revival will not carry through if it's just one person doing the load of the work. Because it takes all of us. Because I started seeing where battlefields are more intense than the prayer meetings. I see where lust burn hotter than praise. We're getting into dangerous territory church i see where worldly enthusiasm is stronger than a holy passion i'm seeing it take place right in front of my eyes but this church must raise itself from its slumber we cannot just be asleep at the wheel when there are lives that are being lost when there are souls that are not being won Because it's high time that true tabernacle awaken from this sleep and realize there is a real world that's out there that's going to hell and it's up to us to reach them. It's time again, church, for us to ignite the fires that is in our hearts and ignite it one more time and get a passion for the kingdom of God and get a passion for what he wants and what he loves. If it's his passion for souls, that should be my passion. If it's his heart for this world and his heart for the souls, that should be your desire too because we excuse ourselves too many times. I see apathy setting in with people's hearts and we just seem to think that's contentment. I'm content where I'm at right now. I'm content with what's going on right now. Can I say, don't let apathy set in. This is not the time to let apathy set in your heart. Uh, You gotta win a soul, you gotta win a soul. Pastor Heil, you got to win a soul. I sat in my room and I started thinking about this church and I started thinking about the guests that we've been getting and I started thinking about there's more that's out there. There's more that needs to be won. There's more that needs to be touched. Because too many times we give ourselves a pass. I felt pretty good at church today. Job done. Check that off the list this week. But church, it doesn't stop when we leave these doors. It doesn't stop when we leave these doors. We come to this church and we feel the presence of God. We feel the victorious spirit that he pours out. And we see the blessings, we see the joy, we see the peace that he gives. And we keep it to ourselves and we walk out these doors and don't think about it again or tell anybody. We blind our eyes to the needs of others. That's not my job. Brother Joe, thank you. Thank you for your passion for that van. Thank you for your passion. You want to fill that van up. But listen, if he can't do that, we turn our eyes. That's not my job. It's not my job. Brother Joe, if that van breaks down... Today, he used my car. Take it, whatever it takes. Go pick them up. Go get them. If he can't do it, if I got to miss prayer, if I got to miss music practice, I'll go to it because there's souls that are at stake. We can't take it as that's not my job. It's not my job to witness. It's not my job to teach Bible studies. It is your job. It's not just a pastor's job. Don't fall into that lie that the pastor has to do everything. The pastor has to witness, and the pastor has to do Bible studies, and the pastor has to go out on his time on weekends to go visit. Listen, you know somebody that I don't. I can't talk to your neighbors. I can't talk to everyone in of your family. That's your job. You need to come to church and see what God is doing. You know what happens? And advertisement is good about this. They want to get you excited about their product. The reason we market things, the reason we market our jobs, the reason you'll see Brother Wilson giving all the, the sales at his, at his store is because he wants you to get excited about it. He's got a couch on sale right now that you can go get. More than one. Furniture, 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 furniture. Furniture. Working, that works. Because when people think Fairbury Furniture, that's what they think. Furniture, 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 furniture. (laughs) But they want to get you excited about the product. And when you buy it and you say, everything that they talked about this couch, everything that they said about this recliner, it'll turn you upside down on your head. Almost. It's great. And what do you do? You start telling your family, come sit in this chair, come check this out, come see what this is all about. And you get excited and they said, wow, this thing is great. You can sit on your head if you want to. They want you to get excited about it. So you can get it. And you can get excited about it. And you can tell somebody. I mean, he's done that? You bought something at the store and it was like, oh my word, this is the best thing since sliced bread. You ought to try this. Check this out. Check what I bought. How much more should we be excited about this church? Oh, I'm happy what's happening in Bloomington and I'm happy what ha- I'm grateful for what's happening up in Joliet and I pray for my brother Highland uh, at Highland Church and I, I I pray for Pastor Burke down in Betholto. and I pray for all these I pray for the the, the my son-in-law it, it, down in, in in Troy and I pray for them. And I say God bless them and I pray revival sweeps through there. But I'm excited for what God is doing in my church your church get excited about your church and go tell somebody about your church and go and tell somebody what's happening in your church and tell them your needs could be met in this church Uh, you can be free if you will just come to this church but we've lost that passion god don't let me lose the passion for your kingdom I came here with the express purpose of making you uncomfortable today. I came here with the express purpose of helping you to stir up the gift that was within you. Because I feel we've become too comfortable where we are. I feel we've become too comfortable with giving our, our half praise. And we get into a routine. Anybody a creature of habit? Sister Hyle laughs at me because of I'm a creature of habit. I went to Effingham on business Thursday. And when I'm out of town, obviously I get a hotel. But then work gives me an allowance and I can get food because I'm hungry by the end of the day. Thank you, Mr. Brower. And Effingham you never been to Effingham, Effingham is a small town, but they have 70 restaurants because they're in a crossroads. Highway 70 goes through there, and Highway 57 goes through there. So there's a lot of traffic that is flying past there. So there's a lot of, of, of restaurants that are there. So I called Sister Hile when I got to my room and settled in. And Did you eat, baby? Yeah, I ate. She goes, let me guess, KFC. That's right. There's a Chili's there. There's a cracker barrel there. There's a TGI Friday's that's there. There's a steakhouse that's there. There's a place called the, the, the Gabby Goat and they make these sandwiches that are this big. They put a hamburger and they pulled pulled pork and they put chicken and then they put cheese and they put and it's this big man. Ah, ah, ah. Can't even stick it in your mouth, it's so big. And I went to KFC because I've gotten in the routine that when I go to Effingham, I go to KFC, I give me my three-piece, extra coleslaw. Take it to my room and eat my KFC. Make sure I have my towel because you're, it's finger looking good and finger looking good, you got grease all around. Routine. I get in a routine. Go to Effingham, go to KFC, go to my room. That's been the routine. And too many times we get in that routine of church. I'll come in. I know this is the time for song service. I'll, I'll raise my hands and I'll, I'll clap my hands and pastors go to preach a little good message and we'll come up and we'll have a, a quick altar call and we'll go home. Because it's routine. Lord, help us. Lord, help us that right in the middle of the message, somebody would just stand up and start praising God. Lord, help us if somebody should just stand up in the middle of the message and say, I get it, Pastor, I get it. But that's not what we do because we get in a routine. I say this, I would welcome somebody running to the altar during the message. I would welcome somebody standing up and just giving God praise during the message because who knows, that might be the spark that sets this place on fire. I'm here to tell you that a whatever mentality when it comes to church will doom your soul. There's a tremendous move of God going on, and people are being touched. And we stand around like, Yeah, whatever. I'm not feeling it right now. God is saying, If you will just come right now, I will deliver you, I will touch you. And we say, I heard this said. That a whatever may be good for whoever, but it's not good enough for a blood-bought child of God. Because God is trying to tell you, there's more. Right now, somebody's heart is screaming out, there's more. Somebody's mind is calling out, I know there's more. Your spirit right now is screaming out, there's more. I need more of God. I need more of his anointing. I need more of his touch. I need more. There's more. Listen to me, church. There's more to this life than just living. There's more to this life than just getting up, going to work, and coming home at the end of the day. There's more. I want you to know there's more to your life. There's more than just coming to the church than giving in that offering box right there. There's more. There's more to a family than just showing up. There's more to worship than just jumping up and down. There's more. It's a connection. There's more. And listen. There's more to a marriage than simply bringing home a paycheck. There's more than being a dad, than just simply going to work and coming home. There's more to it. I'm here to tell somebody there's more. You have been longing for more. What it comes down to is what is your desire? Where are you placing your desires? The psalmist said this, that if we delight ourselves in God, that he would give us the desires, our heart desires. What is your heart desire today? What is your heart crying out for? Are you comfortable where you are? Are you comfortable in thinking this is all there is to God? This is all there is to my life, just a, main, just a routine of, of living from day to day. And I know some people that live and can't wait till the night comes so they can go to bed and just end the day. But other psalmists in the book of Psalms have given their hearts desires. David spoke of his single desire to worship. In God's presence. That was his desire. If I could just worship in God's presence. Asaph spoke of his heart's desire to be led of God. That was his desire. That was his heart's desire to be led of God. And we get so caught up in our own wants, and our own needs. It's my desire to get more. It's my desire. I want a bigger paycheck. It's my desire. I want a faster car, a bigger house. And listen, there's nothing wrong with driving a fast car. Is there, Brother Wilson? I chose to go the opposite direction. It's my desire to drive a slow car. But we're told to be content with what we have. We're told that to ask for much requires much. We are told that to desire much, suffer much. We are warned to be careful what we wish for. Yet Solomon said these words that the desire of the righteous, the desires of their heart, Shall be granted. Are you delighting yourself in your God? Are you delighting yourself in things that are outside these walls? Can I say this? There are people that will put more passion in their job than the kingdom. There are people that will put more passion into their extracurricular activities than the kingdom of God. You know why? Because they're not here right now. Sorry if I'm stepping on some toes, but I want this church to get real and get serious about revival. My pastor taught me years ago, when the doors of the church are open, you be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Even when it's just a cleaning day? Yes, sir. I don't want to go to church on a Wednesday night. You know, that means I I got to come home from work. That means I got to hurry up and rush home, and we got to hurry up and eat, and then, you know, I, I got to hurry up and shower, and then, you know, we'll get there just in time, and then that's just too much work. That's our society now. It's too much work to get to church. It's too hard, pastor, to get up on a Sunday morning to get to church. My word, church. How are we going to explain that if God comes right now? Why weren't you at church? Well, you know, I worked overnight. You know, I worked late. And and Sunday's my only time to sleep in. And Sunday's my only time to relax. So, So that's why I didn't go to church. It's your soul that's at stake. It's your soul that's at stake. Can I wake the church up and say, time is drawing close to his returning, and I don't want my excuse to be, I was too tired to be at church. Because there's more that God wants to do for you. There's more that God wants to do for me. Come on, if I could stir somebody and say, there's more, where's your passion? Souls. Souls. That's what's on God's heart right now. Souls, the souls and lives of those that are here right here in Pontiac. I'm not worried about Bloomington. I know Bloomington is taken care of. There's a church there. I'm worried about Pontiac. There's souls right here in Pontiac that need to be reached. There's a parable in the New Testament the 11th hour laborer, the owner of a field who returned frustrated. What's wrong, sir? I got this harvest. It's ready, but I got no help. I can't find no help. I can't find nobody to go out in fields and gather up. And if if, if I can't find nobody to go gather, it's going to be lost. And all my time and all my trouble and all my labor is for naught. can't find no help. It's a problem with our country now. Everywhere I go, help wanted. Every time somebody comes up with a tractor trailer or a truck from Brower Supply, it's a new person. Why? Because they work for a week, they work for a month, and they're gone. And I see signs everywhere, help wanted, help wanted. I see restaurants that are closed now. They can't even stay open. Why? Because they have no help. and go to Bernardi's now and get a pretzel and eat it there because they have no help had family coming up and I'm like you know what they got great fried chicken we'll, we'll serve them this pretzel and, and man they're going to just love it no not open can't find no help Lord, have mercy. God has given the call. I've got to find help. There's the harvest is ready right outside here in Pontiac, Illinois. There are people that are needing salvation. There are people that are needing delivered of their vices, drugs, and alcohol, and their gambling. And God is saying, "I got no help." And we come to a church and we enjoy his presence and we go to our homes and we don't think about that there's somebody that is dying and going to hell right a a city block around this church. Where's your passion, church? It's burning right here now more than ever. It's our time for revival. It's our time to reach the lost. And I thank Everybody, Zachary, thank you that we're going out right now on Facebook Live to people who maybe can't get to church. Can I say this? Facebook Live is not meant so you can stay home and watch it in your living room. Right here is where you need to be. Souls were the great mission. Of our Savior. Why did he come. Humble himself. And become as a simple man. It's because of souls. He came to seek. And save. That which was lost. Can I say this. That was me one time. Thank you Lord. That you found me. Or I found you. But God you saved me and paid the ransom for me. I didn't deserve it but he paid it for me. Listen to this, this story and this will give you a little greater understanding of why we come to church. Cyrus leader of the Persian Empire once captured a prince and his family And the story goes that when the captives came before Cyrus, he asked the prince, looked at him right in the in the eyes. He said, What would you give me if I release you? The prince replied that he would give the king half of his wealth. I'll give you half of of all my wealth if you if you let me go. The king looked at him right in the eyes and asked him, What will you give me if I release your children? the prince replied that he would give everything that he possessed. And he looked at the prince and said, what would you do if I release your wife? He said, oh, king, if you release my wife, you can keep me. You can have me. The story says that Cyrus was so moved by that that he released the whole family. And on the way home, the prince was talking to his wife and made the remark, you know, Cyrus was a very, very understanding and he was a very handsome man. And the wife replied, I didn't notice. I had my eyes on you the whole time, the one that would give his life for me. She says, I had my eyes set on you. The one who was willing to give himself for me. Can I get caught up in the one who gave his life for me? Can you get caught up in the one that paid the price for you? The one who was willing to die for your soul. Because there are lives right now, church, that are going to hell. And it's our mandate as this church to reach as many as we can. Think about this. That lost souls have everything to lose. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7 and 9. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Because you see, church, that lost to some of my family, that lost to some of your family, And we got to do whatever we can to reach them. Church, there's a lot of prodigals that should be here right now. There's a lot of prodigals that should be sitting in these seats right now. And it's up to us to reach out to them. Because Jesus came looking for the lost. He left the 99 to go looking for the one story says the shepherd left all the sheep the 99 to go visiting the one there's a story of the lost coin all the other coins were safe but they went looking for that one coin and there are many that I know that have prayed through to the Holy Ghost there are many that have come in and prayed at these altars that are not here right now And that's the one you should be looking for. That's the one we need to be going after. God. Time is running out. God, I don't want to be so busy just playing church that I real don't realize there's somebody within my reach that I can witness to. The one. Even right now, I feel your spirit, church. You've got that one person on your mind that should be sitting right next to you right now. You've got this one person on your mind that should be in this building. Because why do people in the world, why do people display so much passion for things of the world? You want to know why? It's their thirst for more. I want more. But can I say, I want more for this church. I want more for your life. And I want more revival. I want to see souls saved. Lord, help us when money and possessions and games become more important than being in the house of God. I don't want to be at the, the throne looking at my judge and say were you faithful to your wife and to your family yes I was faithful I gave everything I had I did everything I could for my children I was there for them whenever I could possibly be I did everything I could whenever they needed that's good were you faithful in your attendance to the house of God Oh Lord you know I had to take care of some things and I had to do some things may the Lord find us faithful in all things if I can stir up the passion in your heart church if I can just stir up your spirit right now that there's things that God's wanting to do to you and through you for his kingdom Listen, we're not doing this, so look at me. I brought, look who I brought to church today. It's not about us. It's about him. It's about him. Stand with me, church. I'm, I'm coming to an end. In that hotel room, I had to come to a stark reality that I can't get to heaven on somebody else's coattails. So I did something very unpleasant that night. I didn't even tell Sister Hyle this. I had to deal very harshly with someone this week and I'm not one that likes to deal harshly with anybody if you know me I don't like to deal harshly with somebody but this week I had to I had to look at somebody and say you haven't been doing your job I had to look somebody straight in the face and say, You really have been slacking. And I said, You should be fired. And that person was me. That was me. I've become too content. I become too. Uh, I'll deal with that at another time. I'll let somebody else deal with the afflicted. So I looked at that man in the mirror Thursday night, and I asked him, "What are you doing to fix this problem?" So I had to vow to myself. That I will not rest while there's a good ministry team just sitting here. I will not rest while good people are being tormented by the devil. I will not rest while there are people that are going to hell right outside these doors. I will not rest. I looked at myself and said, you should be fired and that woke something up in me church that woke a passion and a fire for God's kingdom like never before I say this to you right now If you were staring at the mirror, at the man in the mirror, are you happy with the person and the position and where you are with God right now? Because I wasn't. I can look back and say, well, I really didn't give my all in that service. I seen brother so-and-so up there praying, but I didn't go pray for him. I let somebody else do it. There was an opportunity to ask somebody to church, but I didn't take that opportunity. I'm preaching to me. I'm talking to me. Pastor Heil, John Heil, the man that I have to look at that mirror every single day. I said, God, forgive me. God, forgive me when I just come to church, preach a message, and I leave and go home. But it stirs me when I see people in need. It stirs my heart when I see people that are hurting. So I'm asking the church right now as we're getting ready to end this year and we're ready to start a new year, a year of revival. Personally and corporate. I need a revival. I need a revival. But as we're getting ready to close this year and start a new one, I'm asking the church, if you're lacking in an area of your life, you're not happy just going from church service to church service and church service and hope that you survive long enough to get to it. That's not living. God wants to give you a blessed life. If you need to stir up that gift that's within you. If you need to renew that passion that you once had. come here baby I know you don't like being in front of people but come up here and look beautiful in front of the camera you are the better looking half of this relationship we were talking on the way home and we've been married seven months right seven months I thought that's what you said seven months and it's gone quick it's gone real quick and I haven't lost the zeal of this I love this. I love holding hands with my wife. I love it when she puts her arm around me. She, she scratches my head and she rubs my back. I love that. I love her arm around me. I said, you know what? I know we're newlyweds. I'm not even sure when the newlywed period is over. I don't know if there's a time period of after one year, you're not a newlywed. I don't know. But all I know is, I never want to lose the passion for this. Of holding hands with my wife. Of kissing my wife. Of hugging my wife. I never want to lose that. But I see people, after time. We've talked about this. That after a couple years, two or three years, four or five years, 20 years, they lose this. They lose the passion they lose that love that joy of what that how good it feels just to have a great woman put her arm around you baby i i i made this promise 10 years from now i'm still going to be doing this 20 years from now if the lord prevails i'm still going to be holding this beautiful lady's hands we may be in wheelchairs we may be in walkers she may be holding me i don't know but the one thing i do not want to ever lose how good it feels to hold hands with her and i think we've some have lost that same zeal towards their god it's not as fresh as it used to be It's not as fun as it used to be. I tell couples this all the time. Go have a couple's night out. Go somewheres. Go to to a restaurant. Get you a hotel. Go go to Branson for a weekend. Do something and reignite the passion that used to be there. Because see, I remember what it's like being 15 holding that girl's hand for the first time in the car and you do that usual (sighs) oh come on Mr. Smooth you know what I'm talking about we've done it I believe it was in the what's that big Ferris wheel with six flags Colossus is that what it's called It's called the Ferris wheel. That's a very good name for it. Boy, they were very original on that one. It was in the Ferris wheel at Six Flags that somehow all of my family got stuck in the gondola below us. And me and Sister Hile were in the gondola by ourselves. And all I heard from the gondola below us was, No! from her daughter. But it was in that moment that I had the nerve to ask if I could hold her hand. For the very first time, we held hands as a couple. But can I say the excitement that every time I grab that hand is still there, Brother Warren. And I don't want to lose that. But beyond that, I don't ever want to lose the passion for the love of my God the excitement of coming to church and get to worship and dance before my God. I don't ever want to lose that. Because you see, in time, we get in a routine and we forget what it's like to really just stay in the presence of God. We forget what it's like just to pour our hearts out in an altar of God. If you've lost that passion, church, I say come up here. And reignite that again. If you lost that, come up and get a hold of your God one more time. Reach up your hand and let your God hold your hand one more time. It's time to reignite the passion for the kingdom. It's time to reignite the passion that we have for this church. Come on up and receive what God has for you. Come on up and pray one more time. Come on up and get a hold of God one more time. Jesus, I thank you. God, I don't want to lose my love for you. God, I don't want to be lost. I don't want my family to be lost, God. Ignite a passion in this church one more time. Ignite a desire one more time.